and maybe some, well, not so much. I'm sure you've gotten some things over the years that you just can't help but laugh at, and probably a few things that really mean a lot. But you know what, dads? The most important gift for this Father's Day isn't the one you receive, it's the one you give. And the greatest gift you can give is your example. Every day your kids are watching, watching as you grow closer to God. They'll see you pray and study the Bible. They'll notice how you love your wife and how you love your neighbors. They'll see the fruit that comes from a life filled with Jesus. And that gift, well, that's priceless. It's not something we can repay with anything you'll get from us today. But hopefully one day, it'll be a gift we can also give. Happy Father's Day. Amen. Well, to all the Brohams, happy Father's Day. Thank you, thank you. Well, this morning, um, we're going to start our series, our new series on prayer, called The Exchange, Conversations That Actually Change Everything. And uh, before I get into that, just a few announcements. Uh, the first announcement is uh, we are really into creating this culture of prayer at Grace. And uh, so on Tuesday nights, we will be teaching on prayer as well. And uh, there will be some worship, some live teaching, uh, and then some small group breakouts. And so we encourage you to be a part of that. Uh, and then secondly, uh, my father's business uh, we want you to grab a bag. Last year, we gave away 12,000 bags, and we want to outdo ourselves. So if you will, uh, be a part of what God is doing here at Grace and all that. Uh, in a moment, I want to uh, ask uh, some folks to come up and pray with us because, uh, you know, we want to pray for our brothers and sisters in South Carolina. Uh, and I'm sure many of you have been moved and have been brought to tears by the atrocity and um, even last week we began to preach and we talked about that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but uh, rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places and so as we think about what's taking place we have to remember that our fight is not against people amen and uh, but it's with a mindset. It's with a way of thinking that has been influenced by darkness. And the way that we engage that mindset and that spiritual wickedness in high places is by the Spirit. Amen. And by prayer. Solomon said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, turning from their wicked ways and seek my face, then will they hear from heaven, I'll heal their land and I'll forgive them of their sins. And so I want to invite the elders and uh, their wives to come up and we're just going to pray. We're just going to have a little bit of an old-fashioned prayer meeting. Uh, you know, our context, even with the diversity in this church, we don't want to allow what separates the world to separate us. Amen. Amen. <laughs> My prayer is 
that this young man's objective was to create a racial war. But what the enemy meant for evil, may God use for good. And that we'll be more impassioned to unite. Amen? So would you grab someone's hand and let's just pray together. So Father, we thank you, we bless you, we honor you, Lord. We thank you that your spirit is in this place. And God, right now, as there are worshipers in South Carolina, at Emmanuel and me, they're having church right now. God, we pray that you would strengthen them. Lord, you said that you would comfort those that mourn in Zion. And so, God, I pray that your spirit, the comforter, would come alongside them. And God, that you lift them from despair, Lord. And God, I pray that love would flow out of it when hatred was the initiation. God, I pray that in the name of Jesus. Someone else just pray. Lord, we want to pray as well that your Holy Spirit would be pouring out across the whole country. There's been so much violence and so much pain surfacing as of late. Lord, we pray that there would be a balm of peace that would come over the Detroit area. <laughs> and Lord, for the ways that many in this room now are affected by hate and racism and generations of conflicts, we ask that your Holy Spirit would breathe a fresh infusion of forgiveness and of love and of peace. May we be agents of reconciliation in our community, Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that as children of yours that we'll be able to recognize the tactics of the enemy. Those tactics being wanting to divide us where there is there really isn't any division. And it's artificial divisions. Yet he tends to get us focused on that. And I'm not necessarily saying us, but that's a tactic that he uses. And this past week it was brought into a Bible study. And somebody that had been sitting with these people for over an hour, I pray that we would use our time wisely and get to know each other and come to a realization that we are, all, that we are children of yours and that we come from the same source and that the divisions are artificial. I pray that we don't look at differences as bad, but that we can come to a place of celebrating. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we don't have to fight this war <laughs> alone. Thank you. That we don't have to fight this war with um, weapons that will not work. <laughs> but that you provide us the arsenal to fight it if we simply come before you and ask for it. So give us wisdom, give us peace, give us discernment, give us your eyes for other people. Let us see the way you see and then act the way that you act. I lift this up in your name.
And so, Father, I stand here with my brothers and my sisters, and I don't pray only for my position here on earth, but for my position in the heavenlies, seated at the right hand of Jesus Christ, far above all authority and prince of power and wickedness in high places. And I just declare from that place of authority that no weapon formed against your church shall prosper. And that every tongue that rises up against your church is condemned in the name of Jesus. And God, I just stand here in the midst of Grace Community Church, God. And God, I just pray in all authority that every plan of the enemy to create division, to create, uh, to magnify our perceived differences and our real differences is cursed in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, I just bind the strong man of division and of confusion and of racism with the stronger man, Jesus. And God, now I pray that you would lose unity here, that you would lose peace here. Father, I pray that you would lose your love in waves like we have never seen or imagined yes. before. And God, I just declare a new thing here. Give us eyes of faith to see it, to perceive it, and to know it. Pour out your wisdom. Pour out your love in ways that we just are overwhelmed by. And God, we just pray this with one heart. It is one cry from one heart from your people, God. And you said where there was unity, God, you would command a blessing. So, Father, I ask that you would command a blessing on Grace Community Church now. God, endeavor us to walk in deep love in ways we've never known before. So, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the family of God. We thank you that you are at work in us and you're at work in this country. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You know, over the, I don't know, maybe it was the last two or three years, there uh, has been a scripture that has come to life for me um, when it comes to racial reconciliation and all that God wants to do, and it's Revelations chapter number five, verses nine. And it says, and they sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And one of the things that occurred to me is that God ransomed for himself from every tribe and every language. He purchased from these things, and which means that simply the tribe and the nation can be a bondage. Some of us have stronger affiliations with our ethnicity than we have with the body of Christ. And Jesus went on to say, this is my brother and sister, they that do the will of the Father. But he says that he brought them that were many, and he made them one. He made them a kingdom and a priest. And that's our prayer, that we would be God's kingdom in the earth. No longer 
bound by barriers and factions. So let's pray as we get ready to open the word this morning. If you will, just take your Bibles and uh, turn to Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. Four and twenty-six. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Let's pray. So, Lord, we do call upon your name even right now. God, that you are moved by your spirit, that you would speak to your people. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Everybody said. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, we get the privilege of uh, starting a new series called The Exchange Conversations That Actually Change Everything. And it's a series on prayer. And, uh, you know, one of the first places that prayer is definitively spoken of is this scripture, Genesis 4 and 26. And it says, then men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And the context of this scripture is uh, Lamech, a few verses prior Uh, The Bible says, and Lamech took him two wives, so he was getting greedy, couldn't handle one, and so he wanted two, and then the Bible says, and then he slew a man and slew a boy. And then he makes a statement, he says, if Cain's vengeance is seven, Lamech's is 70. And all of a sudden, there's this this transition of things that, that may be taking place in the atmosphere if you will, that are being influenced by darkness. And all of a sudden, the Bible says that Seth has a son. He names him Enosh. And then men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. And the word call there has, is this emphatic, this cry out. This, it's this loud cry to God. Because these people say, listen, we need God. Something has gone awry. Something is going crazy. Uh, Lamech, Lamech is tripping, and I think there are some other folks that are tripping, and, and God, we need you to show up in this place. Let us call upon your name. It's why we are praying even now as we look at what happened at Emmanuel and me. God, we call upon your name because wickedness seems to be running rampant, but our, our fight is not against flesh and blood. We need you to show up, God. And so we engage in this warfare, in the spirit, and by prayer. I want you to turn with me, if you will, to Deuteronomy chapter number 4, verse 7. As we take a moment to demystify prayer. Sometimes we think about prayer, and prayer becomes this ethereal, deep thing. But prayer is simply a conversation. Speaking to your heavenly father. Deuteronomy chapter number four, verse seven. Says, for what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us whenever we call upon him. For what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us 
whenever we call upon him. Now, church, that simply means that you have an advantage. That we live with an advantage that when we pray, God shows up. Now think, Moses is, he's making, having this conversation to the second generation who has experienced war with the Egyptians, experienced war uh, with the, the Amalekites. And he's saying, listen, they serve other gods, but there's not a God like our God that when we call upon his name, he is near. It's an advantage. And sometimes we don't take advantage of the advantage. And I think that we need to take advantage of the fact that our God is near. I think that we also need to take advantage or we need to pray with this sense of urgency and a sense of desperation. I love in these, both of these verses it says that we should call upon the name of the Lord. We call upon the name of the Lord because when you call upon his name, you call upon his character. So in our prayer lives, maybe some of our prayers should have this kind of approach to the faithful God. To the righteous God, to a God who is good. What would change in your prayer life if you got a different perspective of who God was? He wasn't so far out there, but he was near. And in his nearness, he showed up in your mind as faithful and true and righteous and good. When we pray, we must pray from a perspective of God's character. The essence of who he is. See, the thing about God is that when we pray and God comes near, he doesn't come near handicap. He doesn't come near with a disability. When we call upon the name of the Lord, he shows up in his fullness. So we might pray to God, our righteous Father, who is faithful even when I'm faithless. I pray to you as Jehovah Jireh, I need provision, but I also know that you're Jehovah Nisi, my victory. Because at the same time, he's your provision, he's your victory. And at the same time, he's your victory, he's your healing. At the same time, he's your healing, he's your peace. And at the same time, he's your peace, he's your righteousness. It's who he is. So one of the ways that when I think about this scripture, I understand it from a perspective that we don't simply pray to God because we have need. We pray to God because we have help. That we can expect that when we go to him, he'll show up. I think it was Gordon Fee that said it like this. He said the prayerless life is practical atheism. So 
what are you trying to say? <laughs> well, this is what I'm trying to say. You can say that, Lord, I love you and I worship you, but if you don't have daily conversations with them, in practicality, you're saying, I, I don't really believe in God. Because when we pray, we pray because we know we got help. Not simply because we have need. See, there are people that have need but don't have no help. So when we approach God, we come and like, you know what? You're a helper. God, you're a blesser. So there are two kinds of, 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 uh, uh, of believers, I, I, I would say, or I don't know how you... Uh, it, it are, it's those that respond to the acts of God and those that respond to the ways of God. The acts of God are his doing. The ways of God is his character. And so sometimes in our prayer lives, sometimes in our lives, we're looking for the next activity. God, will you do this? 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 And our response to him in anxiety is based on his doing. If he doesn't do, then I'm not happy. If he doesn't do, then I don't have any peace. But if we approach him based on his ways or his character, the Bible says the truth when Israel knew God's acts, but Moses knew his ways. So when Moses said, God, show me your glory, I want to know who you are, the Bible says that God let all his goodness pass before him. In other words, he is simply good. And so when I pray and I approach him, I approach him based on who he is and not what he does, because who he is does. I'm not living my life waiting for the next doing of God. I'm living my life knowing, God, this is who you have declared yourself to be. So I will just simply trust it. I love as we approach prayer. Listen, we don't approach prayer from a perspective of who we are. We approach prayer from a perspective of who he is. the most arrogant thing that we could do would be not to pray. It means I don't need your help. I got this. I'm telling y'all now, I ain't got this. I need all the help I can get. And he is that help. And he gives me the upper hand. (laughs) Because when I call upon him, he comes near. See, for whatever reason, God chose prayer. He chose prayer as Uh, the way that he was going to move in the earth. See, one of the things that we get confused with is that some of us will take a look at South Carolina and at the AME church and say God is sovereign as if God did that. But that doesn't reflect God's character. 
See, there are things that God designs and there are things that, that God allows. And what he allows, we don't blame him for. I'm going to give you a reason why. Can we do a quick Bible study real quick? Is that all right? Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 1. You got it? Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the the heavens and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Okay. So, we learned two truths. The first truth is that men were created to look like God. And the second truth is, God, is men were created to have dominion over the earth. Are you guys with me? Well, here's something that flows out of that. Is that you cannot have, well, God did not give you dominion over the earth without giving you the right image. So men are not to rule without looking like God. Are, y'all get, are, are you on the same page with me? See, what happens in our world is men rule, but they don't look like God. Men have dominion, but in their dominion, uh, they're reflecting. Uh, uh, I got they're reflecting darkness, but not light. And so when we see darkness at work, we blame God, but God gave earth to us to, 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 to rule. Psalms 115, verse 16 says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but he's given earth to men. So in other words, you and I, have, uh, we, we have received a trust from the Lord. He owns it, but we execute it. Are you guys with me? And so we have a, an opportunity to steward the earth, and the way that we steward the earth is by saying, God, we need help through prayer. See, God didn't just go willy-nilly and do work in the earth. God finds someone who prays. The scriptures teach us that God does nothing in the earth except he first revealed it to a servant of prophets. He does nothing. Did y'all hear that? He does nothing in in the earth until he first reveals it to a servant of prophets. So in other words, even if God wants to do something, he says, Aaron, this is what I want to do. Now pray for it. Because prayer is our, uh, is, uh, is our invitation for God to work in the earth. Why? Because when God said he gave them dominion of the earth, it was a law unto God. So God was not going to move until you prayed. Prayer is, our giving, it, prayer is God's legal right to intervene into the world. Without it, if you don't pray, it doesn't work. If you don't pray, he doesn't do the kind of work that he wants to do in your life. Now, I know that's hard. Because sometimes in our lives, we abdicate our responsibility. But listen, God wants to partner with you. 
And the way that we partner with God is we do like Jesus. And you know, our mission statement is that we are mosaic striving to live like Jesus. So in other words, we want to model what Jesus does. Now, Jesus goes and he lays hands on the sick, he raises the dead, he multiplies bread, and then he does this. He steals away to spend time with his father. Jesus was a man of prayer. And in prayer, Jesus got his assignment from the father. Why? Because he was partnering. And in the same way, God wants to partner with you. And the way he does it is through prayer. You go and pray and you say, God... What do you want to do today? And he says, Northlake, this is what I want to do today. And Northlake says, okay, God, that's what I'm going to do today. It's that simple. It's not deep. It's simple. And so our responsibility then becomes to execute the will of God in the earth. Because when we pray... We know we have help. What do we have help to do? To fulfill the mandate that God has given us to have dominion in the earth. And to have that dominion looking like God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to what? Help. In the time of need. So we pray because we have help. Do you know that God's heart is for you? His desires are towards you. He wants every single one of your needs to be met. Some of us are pausing because you're like, I got needs and they're not met. Well, listen, God wants all your needs met. The psalmist said it like this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's no lack around in me. Because the shepherd leads me to good places. The shepherd leads me to places that meet the needs that I have. So not only do we have help, but when we pray, he is near. Oh my goodness. When we pray, that Moses made this declaration, he says, listen, when we pray, God shows up. He comes near. And so when we pray, it's like pulling God to us. We're pulling God to us when we pray. Anybody need God to show up near them? Yes. See, notice, he says that when we pray, this God who uh, transcends space and time, he's imminent, he's involved in the, the affairs of men, he comes near speaking that he wants to be intimate with you. He desires conversations with you. He's a good God. So when you call on him, his name comes near. What does that reveal about his character? That when you pray, he shows up. It reveals that he's good. 
reveals that he's madly, stupidly, ridiculously in love with you. There was a TV show called Mad About You. He's mad about you, not mad at you. Psalms 145 and 18, it says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. How many know that you are in that all? See, sometimes what happens is we, we, we think more of ourselves than we ought. Because we think God is going to be good to everybody but us. In other words, God's going to change his nature and his character simply for us. So he's going to be good to everybody else, but he's not going to be good to us. That's not Bible. God is good. And he's near to all. That means not one of you will he not be near to when you call on him. So stop lying to yourself. See, what happens is, is sometimes in prayer, uh, we get disillusioned because we feel like a dry prayer means that God's not listening to us. My believe it was Larry Lee said this. He said that even dry prayers are anointed because God simply wants to hear from you. He just wants to relate with you. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to empower you. He wants you to know that, listen, in the midst of chaos and, uh, uh, and, and wickedness in this world around us, that you can have peace because he's peace. You can have righteousness because he's righteous. Because when you pray, all of heaven draws near to you. What if prayer was a transaction that it exchanged what was in heaven and brought it to the earth, maybe a little bit like Jesus said. Pray like this. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we pray, we exchange, well, I shouldn't say exchange, we bring heaven to the earth. How many of you need heaven? Okay, what does heaven look like? Heaven is righteousness, it's peace, it's joy, it's freedom, it's wholeness, it's salvation, it's goodness, it's prosperity. It's Heaven's a good place, y'all. I mean, I dare one of y'all to do this. Heaven is such a good place. I dare you to go outside and cut a piece of street and go try to sell it. But heaven is so good that the streets are paved with gold. Hey, well, I guess I'll keep going because y'all looking at me like. So when we call upon the name of the Lord, we call upon the name of the Lord because we have help. We call upon the name of the Lord because he is near when we call upon him. He draws near to us, and when he shows up, he doesn't show up handicapped. 
But lastly, when we call upon the Lord, it's a whenever call. Moses says, whenever we call upon the name of the Lord. So in other words, God doesn't take breaks. I don't know if y'all have ever had the moment you drove up to the gas station, you pulled up, and there was a little clock outside, be back in 15 minutes. You ever had that moment like, I need gas now, and I'm in a hurry. Because the person took a break. But listen, God, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. And so whenever we call upon him, that's the moment that help shows up and the nearness of God shows up. The nearness of God is God's presence. How many of you know that when you pray, you can invoke the presence of the living God? It's a whenever call. Jesus said it a different way. John 14, 13, and 14. Jesus said it's not just a whenever call, it's a whatever call, and it's an anything call. John 14, 13 says, And whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. God just gave us some parameters of what we can pray about. So if God gave you a whatever and an anything prayer, why are you limiting what you can pray about? Because the truth is God is concerned about it all. I remember uh, we were uh, in college some years ago and we were married and uh, we were a part of a student ministry. And um, I think we had like mayonnaise and like macaroni in the refrigerator or something like that. It was something it was you know, scarce. It wasn't a whole lot to eat. And uh, one day we came back from a, from a student ministry on a Sunday and we looked in the refrigerator. Somebody had deposited groceries, you know. I'm like, how'd y'all even get in my, in my apartment? But they put groceries there. But the, the cool thing was like, they brought Twizzlers. <laughs> God knew that I like Twizzlers. Because he cares about it all. We serve a whatever in anything God. That's why his name is the great I am what I am. In other words, if you have a need for healing, I am healing. If you have a need for provision, I am provision. If you have a need for peace, I am shalom. He is what he is. And we just don't need to limit him. Saying, well, you can't be that good, God. God, you can't do that. Really, God? You would do that? And he says, uh, I gave you heaven's best. You know what heaven's best was? His son. I've said it over and over and over again, and I'm going to say it again. If I give you my Bentley, will I have a problem giving you my Escort? If you say, Northlet, uh, I know last week you, 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 you let me borrow your Bentley, because you know I got it like that. 
And I was like, yes. Well, you think you might let me use your escort? Oh, no, not the escort. It's Romans 8, 28, or maybe verse 29. He says that he who freely gave him his son, how much more will he freely give you all things through him? One of the ways that this worked for me was years ago, we had took our kids on a vacation, and uh, uh, we went down to Florida, and we flew this time. Usually we drive because we got on kids, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so we flew, got great rates, and, you know, it's time to come back. And um, I look at the ticket, and I see 3.15, I think it was. And uh, we get to the airport, and I put my little credit card in to grab all my tickets, and it's like, not responding. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let me try this again. It's not responding. I'm like, okay, uh um, Something's wrong here. And so I go to uh, the, uh, the flight attendant and, or the, the, you know what I'm trying to say. And I, I'm like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, we, you know, I'm trying to get my tickets, but, you know, they ain't coming out. And the lady said, well, oh, that's because you missed your flight. Because I read the wrong times on the ticket. I, I thought that we were supposed to leave at 3.15, but it landed at 3.15. It departed at 12 o'clock. And so now I'm like, okay, well, what can you do about this? And she's like, well, you guys can pay like $1,600. I'm like, wait, I just spent all my money at Disney. Didn't I just say it was coming from Disney? They take all your money. Like a turkey leg is like $8 for a turkey leg. And so I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? I can't, you know. So, I'm, you know, I, I, I said, okay, well, man. My wife got tears in her eyes, like, uh, the kids, like, and I'm like, oh, Lord. So I said, John 14, 13, 14, God, you said whatever I ask in your name, you would do it. Anything that I ask in your name, that the Son would be glorified, God, that you would do it. And so I prayed that. If you don't pray, pray from this, I don't know what you're praying from. I, I try to pray from the Word. And so, well, the lady says, okay, well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can do um, standby. I'm like, standby? Standby for six people? <laughs> That's standing by and by and by. <laughs> but three seats show up. And so three uh, seats show up. And so now it's time to decide who's going. <laughs> so I decided, I said, well, I'll tell you what, Shanae, you can go home. You, at the time I said you, Caleb, and Zoe, because I was going to send the youngest. You know, mom and the youngest kids. And somehow, Nia gets on the plane. So she doesn't have a ticket with her name on it. She took Caleb's spot. And so I go back up to the thing. We give our hugs goodbye and see you later. And I go up to the counter. I'm like, okay, well, how are we going to work out these next three seats? Because God said whatever and anything. 
And the lady says, uh, well, we'll see what we can try to do. I can give you two tickets, but I can't give you a third ticket for Caleb because Caleb's on that plane. I'm like, no, Caleb's not on that plane. Nia's on that plane. Sir, Nia is, uh, you know, uh, Caleb is on that plane. I'm like, no, this is Caleb right here. <laughs> well, I, I can't help you, sir. Well, no, you're going to have to. He likes Disney, but he can't stand. <laughs> and it's like, well, we can't do anything for you. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, well you know, I, got, I can get you two more tickets. Now, none of this am I paying for. I'm like, yes, Jesus, whatever and anything. So we go back and we take a, you know, uh, get a hotel for a night. And uh, she said, well, you can call up to, you know, to, I don't know, was it Southwest at the time? I don't know who it was. And I called them up and said, hey, you know, I have a problem. I got a kid that they don't have a ticket for, but I got a kid. I got three tickets, but I, mean, I got two tickets, but I got three people. And the person on the other line was like, well, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do for you. You would have to buy another ticket. And I'm like, I ain't got no more money. So we said, whatever and anything. God, you said, whatever I can ask, whatever I ask in your name, this you'll do, that the son will be glorified. And so we got up early the next morning so that we would miss the next flight. And I get there, and I go up to the counter, and the man says, the lady says, sir, here, uh, here's Mr. Shoemaker, here are your three tickets. I don't know how God did it, but I do know that whenever I call upon his name, he draws near, and he brings the help that I need, because I needed grace, I needed mercy. Come on now. And I simply approached him, because I knew that he would be my help. The scripture says that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous person availeth much. It continues to say that Elijah was a man like, with like nature. In other words, sometimes when we think about prayer, we think, well, Elijah was like superhero. He like had an S on his chest and, you know, he was Superman. But no, James says, nah, he was a man with like nature. He was just like you. And when he prayed, it stopped rain. And when he prayed again, it rained. Do you realize that you have the power to influence heaven with your prayers? Yes, you do. You have the power to influence your family, your household with your prayers. You have the power to influence this nation with your prayers. You have the power to influence this church with your prayers. You have the power, come on now, to influence this community with your prayers. Why? Because when you go in secret places, God will give you an assignment to work out in public spaces. And then all of a sudden you start seeing that immeasurably more that we've been praying. That God would do exceedingly, abundantly, far above that you can ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. And the power that's at work in you is, is the Spirit. So as we approach this new series, The Exchange, I want us to kind of shift our thinking a little bit. I want us to be reminded of who it is that draws near to us when we pray. And know that he does not come handicapped, he comes to help. Know that when we pray that he draws near. 
know that when we pray, it's a whenever prayer. So when you're at the grocery store picking up some chicken wings, you can pray. While you're doing dishes, you can pray. While you're driving in your car on your way to work, guess what? You can pray. And then all of a sudden what Paul says to pray without ceasing comes into perspective for you because you can constantly have a conversation with God. I'm closing. But there are moments in your life that you need to have a distinct or a set of time, set set apart time to pray. But that's not the only time you pray. There are other times that you just pray as you go about your day. And I promise you, the scriptures promise you that the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous, they are mighty as they are working. So will you get to work and pray? Let's pray. Father, thank you again. Thank you that you have given us an opportunity to influence heaven. Lord, many of us have had conversations throughout this week about Reverend Clementa and his church. But God, the most important conversation is our conversation with you. God, that you would pour out your spirit upon those families. That you would give them courage. God, even the perpetrator, God, that you would, well, that you would pour your spirit out even on him and his family. God, that you would pour out your spirit upon this church. we would be what you've called us to be in the earth. And that we would have a daily divine encounter as we lift our hearts in prayer. God, there are some in here that find it hard to pray because they've been disappointed. God, I pray that you would give them courage to pray again, to trust you again. And so, Lord, we do pray that your kingdom would come and that your will would be done in us in this church as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a super Sunday. Happy Father's Day.